1: nice start if you
2: hear that you know what that means that means that it's the uh, geriatric duo of jamie fox and mark kramer filling in for the aforementioned terry waldrop good morning everybody arp
1: approved and uh here we go again on a lousy tuesday morning (laughs) to be quite honest with um
2: well we can't rain on anybody's parade this morning because it's already doing that so Uh, Hopefully, hopefully, we'll bring some sunshine to another already dreary day Uh, today and tomorrow, from what I understand. uh, The AARP version will be here on the edge, here on ESPN 97.7. We're glad to be here with you this morning. Hope you're having a great morning, despite the rain, and uh, hopefully we'll... uh, Either make you laugh or make you mad or something this morning, and get the juices flowing. How are you, sir?
1: I'm good, uh, Mark. Uh, I, I kind of feel a little bit though. Uh, maybe, maybe the uh, the uh, young ladies who uh, in Little League at uh, in uh, Washington showed their displeasure, <laughs> and we'll get into that a little bit today, as we Terry and I, uh, touched on that a little bit yesterday. But of course, you being the uh, baseball aficionado uh i kind of want to hear your take on it and uh of course i one way i know i can get you enraged and is uh talk about the reds pitching uh so <laughs> yeah we, no, we don't want to go there we don't want to go there. yeah we don't want to go there as they I don't wanna, lost I don't to wanna, the cardinals uh,
2: saturday or sunday 14 to 3 so you know uh you know what i'm talking about with uh, They're pitching, so we won't we won't even go there. We want to have a good show today. <laughs> well,
1: rally rally time, rally time. Rally Mark. time,
2: so. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, before we get into all of the uh, stuff we're going to get into today, we'd like to thank Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital, Bobby Manning, attorney at law, and of course, Pie Works Pizza by Design. Jay and his crew is on Tower Drive over in Monroe, and we want to thank. Good day to have pizza. Yeah, great day to have pizza, as a matter of fact. So we want to start out this morning, again, you can get us on the Washtenaw Valley Credit Union hotline, 888-993-7762, text line or uh, hotline, do either one of those, whichever you're comfortable with, and uh, I want to start out talking about the, uh, and it's not just this issue of these girls at the 12 to 14 year old softball world series uh, that put the, uh, inappropriate we'll say inappropriate picture on social media after they beat a, another team 1 to nothing it's it's an extension i want to talk about them but also but it's all, it's an extension of where social media is going and how it's not only affecting people's everyday lives in the non-athletic world but also how it is affecting the athletic world as well. Um, so let's start with the girls first. You know, these girls, if you haven't seen the article, if you haven't seen the picture, you need to see the picture. Kind of alarming that you've got 12 to 14-year-old girls, about six or or seven of them on this team from Virginia, uh, is still in the dugout now after the game. I mean, this wasn't something that they waited you know, two hours to do at a restaurant someplace. This was still, this picture was taken in the dugout uh, after the game, and uh, they're using one of their fingers, uh, usually the longer of your fingers, uh, mm-hmm. to, and uh, not only, I'm hoping, I, I didn't see it in the article, and it may have been in there, but, and I may have missed it, but I didn't see in the article who took the picture. Hopefully, it was one of the other girls on the team that took the picture. I would be absolutely appalled if a coach, an adult, took that picture, thought that was cool enough to take the picture. So uh, with that said, I hope it was one of the girls on the team and not one of the adults that thought it was okay to to take that picture. But not only take the picture, but then put it out on social media – for everybody to see, and then of course, consequently, they weren't just uh, disciplined, or they didn't discipline just the six—I think it was six girls—in the picture, but they removed the team from the uh, World Series completely.
1: Yeah, I think Mark, you know, to your point, not, not only was it—you hope that it was the, uh, you know, the girls themselves that took it—but I think the way the number one, the way the coach responded, saying it was a travesty, and. Uh, then again, you know, when they got home, they got a hero's welcome in Virginia. Uh, when they got off the plane, I assume, there uh, at the airport. So I, I think the adults in the room uh, were as culpable in some cases as much as the, the, uh, the kids who did it. Uh, and it's, it's kind of weird. Here we go back to this entitlement society. You know, everybody gets a trophy. Uh, you were wronged. You don't have to be responsible for your own behavior. Uh, even though it reflected poorly, you know, oh, no, it didn't. You know, that's just that's kids being kids. No. Uh, I think the right message was sent, uh, sending them back, and uh, maybe now, you know, we bring some civility back to it uh, when cooler heads prevail. But right now, you know, it's like I told Terry yesterday, I can smell the ACLU from here uh, wanting to get involved on something like this, but it's ridiculous uh, when at the end of the day it's, it's, it's baseball. You know, it's Little League baseball. It's not life or death. You know, they're not bombs or ISIS. Uh, you know, nobody's, uh, you know, life is endangered, but you can't act like an idiot and get away with it. And uh, and that message was sent loud and strong. And now, all of a sudden, hurt feelings prevail. And uh, I don't know. I think it's uh, maybe it's time for more of this instead of less of it. And uh, I'm glad the Little League, uh, you know, board of directors over in the state of Washington, whatever, stood up. And uh, made a statement.
2: Well, and and again, this is just like the, the tip of the pro- iceberg problem with all of this. I mean, you're talking about 12 or 13-year-old girls yeah. thinking that that's okay. To me, that's a real problem. <laughs> it is. It's a real problem. And it does say a lot about where we are these days. With what is acceptable and what is not acceptable in our society, just the fact that they got a great welcome when they got back home is a little disturbing as well to me. Anyway, um, as the father, even though my daughter is much, obviously much, much older, um, you know, I was at all the things that she did when she was twelve or thirteen years old, as she played sports. And, uh, and she was a, a cheerleader as well. You know, what if how would I have felt had all of the, uh, I say all of the cheerleaders on her cheerleading squad after they had beat a rival team in football, taken a picture like that and put it out there for people to see? I mean, I would have been appalled and embarrassed uh, to the nth degree uh, with something like that. But athletes, Every time now, I shouldn't say every time, that's a generalization. Most of the time, when we have some sort of a problem in athletics with something that somebody said, it used to be, oh, did you see what John Smith said in the newspaper? Or, man, was that Sports Illustrated article, boy, that was pretty inflammatory, or that was really terrible. Do you see what he or she said? Well, now... Any time there's any controversy about somebody's statements, it's well John Smith said on Twitter da 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 da, da. or you know Susie Smith said on Facebook da 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 da. da. I would say probably 80 or 80 percent or even maybe more than that, unfortunately. Any time there's quotes made about some kind of controversial comments that an athlete's making that they're putting out there, it's either on Twitter or Facebook. Would you agree?
1: I, I do. And, you know, t- I think also, Mark, in that um, it's, it just speaks to where we are right now that, that something like that would even be uh, the least bit uh, condoned in any way, shape, or form. is, is uh,
2: Yeah, what adult you know, can it, think that's cool or that that's exactly. okay? I just I don't get it.
1: I don't either, and I I think um, you know, you know we like to, you and I, you know we we spend together off the air as well sometimes whatever. There's a lot of uh, playful banter back and forth between us, and as adults, in you know, a in a closed environment, you know we keep it amongst ourselves. But I don't think either of us would. I mean, you have to teach the. I mean, these are still kids, and you're still trying to. And I would think you're trying to. Uh, teach them, you know, normal civility, ways to, to act in public, uh, what's acceptable and not acceptable, that's still your job as a parent. In my opinion, and I think you share this as well, these parents are totally abdicating that. They're totally abdicating their responsibilities to teach, you know, normal civil behavior. And what's wrong with that? I mean, you, you know, is this, are we going to be branded old? No, I mean, this is normal. This should be a, you know, we, we all get in arms about other things here nowadays, Well, you you know, that that are of a sexual nature you can't do this you can't okay i don't but i don't turn around and give somebody the hawaiian peace you know symbol of peace either i you know i just i don't understand it and um we have so much of a problem
2: now jamie about people saying stuff uh our our society is getting frag getting fragmented on things about well you're just you just feel that way because you're an old fogey or you're above fifty, or you're below thirty, or whatever. We have so much of that now, where people are fragmenting opinions based on, well, you only have that opinion because you're, you know, because you're old, or Which whatever. Which, If you think but about it, is one of the most,
1: yeah, that's a discriminatory comment in and of itself. And, but this, I mean, if you this think, this about, you think is, that way, because you're just old.
2: This yeah. thing is just—it's a moral issue, not an age issue. Anybody, I don't yeah. care if you're nineteen. 109 or 59 or 30, if you think this is okay, then you there's something wrong. I mean, it's just, it's not okay. And I want to go to the uh, Ouachita Valley Credit Union hotline or text line. Andre, and I'll talk about it here in just a second. Andre tuned in late and wanted to know what the girls did. And then we have an unnamed that says, and this is a good point too. What is more appalling, the middle finger or the social media post? Very you know, they're point. they're both bad within themselves, but uh, one would not have gotten as much play without the other. And I guess that's my point is if this picture is not allowed to be put on social media, whichever social media it was, if this is not allowed to be put on there, it's a non-issue. It's not a story. You know, if they wanted to take the picture and keep it themselves, then, you know, that was their right to do that. But, uh, you know, I don't want my... You know, 10-year-old, if I had a 10-year-old, well, my grandchildren, I have uh, two 8-year-old grandchildren, uh, one boy and one girl, and I don't want Drew and Tristan to be looking at, you know, looking at, uh, at the computer, and if they have Facebook or Twitter or they can have access to it, uh, which most even kids that young do, I don't want them seeing something like that, and so, oh, you know, there's also yeah. a... Uh, I guess, an issue about what is appropriate that these social media outlets allow on there. Are they going to, uh, you know, does it come to a point where they have to start filtering uh, some of this stuff uh, to make sure that some of this stuff doesn't get out there? For Andre's purposes, uh, again, these 12- to 14-year-old girls at the uh, Softball World Series, uh, after a game, took a picture, six of them took a picture in the dugout, Uh, and put it on social media where they were uh, using their middle finger uh, to say to salute the team that they just beat one to nothing so that's uh, what this whole thing was about 888-993-7762 you're listening to the edge here on ESPN 97.7 don't forget GB Cooley wants you to always support one of the most worthwhile causes in North Louisiana, and that is the Special Olympics. Jamie and I will be right back.
3: The 42nd Annual Pinecone Invitational will be held September 2nd through the 4th at Calvert Crossing Golf Club. The Pinecone is a pre-flighted four-ball golf tournament you will not want to miss. Your entry fee includes tea gifts, food and drinks each day, cash prizes, three rounds of tournament golf, and a practice round. Sponsorship opportunities are also available. Call Calvert Crossing Golf Club today to sign up. 397-0064. It was a tough time i didn't know what to do
0: you gave me hope
2: you fought for me
0: you treated me like family
2: now we say thanks
3: it's good to know we can count on bobby
1: i'm attorney bobby manning if you've been involved in an accident Don't delay, call me today.
3: Attorney Bobby Manning, office in Monroe. Call 324-1411.
0: If you could talk to your animal when they say, Uh, uh, they're telling you to take me to North Monroe Animal Hospital, listen closely and you'll hear what Dr. David Weber hears. That's a thank you for taking me to North Monroe Animal Hospital. For your animal's health care, call Dr. David Weber at North Monroe Animal Hospital, 345-4545. No animal too small or too large. Well, you better call Dr. Weber first on that one. 345- 4545.
4: Put the power and comfort of Lincoln in your hands with spectacular deals from Jay Mallard Ford Lincoln. Get 4,000 customer cash back on new 2017 Navigators plus 0% financing for 72 months with approved credit. And that's in addition to the big Jay Mallard discounts. Or see their selection of certified pre-owned Lincolns with factory warranties up to 100,000 miles. Your Lincoln is waiting at J Mallard Ford Lincoln and Jonesboro. Visit J Mallard Ford.com. I'm better
1: and I'm better than ever. ever I don't know, for making things
0: better. Face, face, Cause your opinion no matter. It's a media. It's gonna step on who matter. The Edge with Terry Waldrop is back and better than ever. Hit Terry up at 888-993-7762 to join in on all the fun.
2: Welcome back to The Edge, ESPN 97.7. We are back. I don't know if we're better than ever,
1: but we're back. Hi. <laughs> hey. We're just glad we we live through the through every for you and I, Mark. If we just live through the commercials, we're fine. That's
2: right. <laughs> That's exactly Absolutely. right. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two is the number for the Washtenaw Valley Credit Union text line or hotline. You can light the lamp over there on the phone. John Tabor, our wonderful producer, will chat with you, and then we'll we'll get you on with us. Oh, I want to finish up this thing. Uh, uh, Jamie okay. with the, about the about this picture and the social media thing because I want to extend it you know I talked about the athletes and now it seems like way more I said 80% it may be more than that of a lot of the controversial comments that stir discussion and and articles and all of that sort of thing it all seems to come from social media again wow. as i said it used to be print you know print paper i mean print uh news uh, magazine newspaper uh whatever even maybe an article uh in the early days of the internet maybe an article on uh, espn or yahoo sports something like that but now everything seems to be the from the social media and but let's extend that to your society as a general as as a general rule a lot of the crimes now well so-and-so was bullied on Facebook uh, you know there, we've seen now that that Facebook live has had uh, people have uh, been so low as to film crimes that they're committing and put them on And I guess that's kind of where the rubber meets the road with all of this is there's got to come a point where social media and it's not censorship, It's just sensibility. Mm -hmm. Everybody in society doesn't want to see this stuff. And there comes a point where you've got to start at least trying to filter to some degree what actually gets posted.
1: Well, I think, too, um, when all this was first, all this new technology uh, was first unveiled, of course, it was... You know, you'll have your news instantly. You'll have – so, you know, years ago when you just had to rely on the newspaper the next day, I mean, maybe there was a chance for somebody to get out in front of this, a story like this. Right, and that's whatever, a good point. And put the kibosh on it before it really, uh, you know, hit the hit the network. And now, because everything is really at the click of a finger, um, you know, not only crimes, but you've also seen suicides, things like that, taped uh, – for everything uh just you know it's almost like the carnal badness of man can be recorded uh on a, a social media outlet and of course now everybody's just shaking their heads going oh you know here i i'm telling you we were we were a lot happier we didn't you know we didn't know what we were missing <laughs> sometimes and i think we still lived well i mean we're not going to say we you know even mark who grew up in the north and i didn't won't tell you that he had to shovel and, and walk five miles in the snow barefooted every day but it was a, a situation where I think from a I guess from a safety standpoint is the way I look at it Mark that you can you know I, I never had any growing up here never any qualms about riding my bike down the street or or whatever um I would have no qualms about going into any of my my friends houses um you know there wasn't any uh, this you know uh, stuff you hear about nowadays and Some of this has been, I'm sorry, I just think a lot of this has been with the invent of all this new technology, social media, Snapchat, Instagram, I mean, everything is Instagram. And there, you know, there's studies out now where this is actually, you know, endorphins are are released in the brain about what this does. It's almost, you know, like a euphoric situation to To do like this, and I know you know I'm as I'm as guilty as everybody now. I can't go anywhere without without my phone, and I don't even know how to use it very well. That's a great point because I saw a
2: fantastic article, Jamie, and this doesn't really have to do with sports, but it's an offshoot of to the uh, to the point that you're making. I saw an absolutely great article about the studies that they have done already about what the companies like AT and T and Samsung what they've done and put in your phone and how they have conditioned the human society to get addicted to their phone. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what they've done. People are addicted to the things that they can do on their telephone and the aspects of their phone. They've got it even down to the point where people get anxiety. They've actually measured this in a laboratory with test subjects where if they haven't looked at their phone, say, within five minutes or so, uh, they register, you know, because they've got all the little diodes all over them, the sensors and stuff, they actually sense anxiety from most of the test subjects when they haven't looked at their phone in five minutes, just five minutes, because they're worried about, did somebody call me? Do I have a message? Uh, what's the latest, uh, you know, do I have something on Twitter? Do I have something on Facebook? Uh, who did what? Who's doing this? Who's doing that? I need to put this out there. And I just thought that was really interesting, uh, the fact that uh, the the whole article was about these studies from psychologists and physiologists as well about how the structure of what the cell phone does yep. was done purposely to be able to make human beings be addicted to the cell phone and to the technology.
1: There's no question about that. And let's not even begin to get into, uh, I'm sure, uh, industry experts can give you, uh, you know, they're keeping statistics on this as well, the number of uh, uh, distracted driver deaths uh, and accidents caused by someone. I mean, I'm amazed. I'm sitting at a a stoplight the other day. This woman's texting on her phone and looking up and looking down, looking up. You know what's to keep her, her foot slip off the brake or something like that. It's uh, it's it's distracted driving and that's causing accidents. Only if you're lucky, and sometimes it has resulted in deaths. Um, and it does. I mean, it's just it's amazing what uh, and I'm I'm, you know, I can't. I, I like my and I just have basic nuances. I don't know how to do all this stuff with my. I mean, and Sean makes fun of me all the time. But you know what? It seems like every time he and I are talking, he's working a phone. And now he has to do a lot of it. Has to do is show related, and he's he's getting you know material together, uh, and I understand that. But to your point about how it's just it's impacting lives in a way that I don't think is necessarily productive. Um, if you can't be away from your phone, I mean it's it's now uh, to where I turn mine off at times, and I get I get criticized when I do, and someone tries to call me, I I hear it from them. Why did you? Well, because I was on the, you know, I was on the air or something like that. I didn't want, uh, you know, the phone going off. I've got it on now, so if the phone rings, you'll know why. Um, and it's to the point where it's become such ingrained in our society, where I think it has, to some extent, been a detriment. Whatever technological advances, and, and to your point about what AT and T and all these other companies have done, uh, they're in the profit business, and uh, I'm just saying they know what been, they're doing. So, <laughs> as why should I guess my to wrap this all in a nice little bow about what we started with, Mark? Why should I guess? Why should we be surprised that the uh, girls in in from Virginia chose to express themselves in that manner, hoping to get the reaction that they did?
2: Yeah, because now they're now they're famous. Now they're somebody instead of just a humdrum twelve to fourteen year old girls softball team from Virginia. Everybody in the country knows who they are, and un- unfortunately. Uh, the social media sometimes makes uh, not necessarily heroes, but makes uh, recognizable and quote, if I, you know, I'm really putting this in air quotes, famous uh, by doing something outrageous and putting it out there and it garners all that attention. Do you want to go to the Washtenaw Valley Credit Union text line and thank Steve for texting in. He said, if it wasn't talking about who took the picture, if not a coach, it was probably a parent he said, guys, this is a great topic. Social media serves a few good purposes, but many more that aren't. It's just something else that diverts time away from God, which can only lead to moral decay. I realize that this is not a popular message, but it's one that everybody should should consider. And uh, I think you mentioned that, uh, when we first started the discussion, thank you again, Steve, uh, for that comment. And, um, was the fact that it is leading overall to a very slow uh, decay. You know, I used to, in our society, I used to talk in my history class. uh, I taught a little differently than a lot of uh, history teachers when I was still teaching uh, before I opened my business years ago. And one of the things I always talked about was this, and I think this is a pertinent example to our discussion as we close this and close this segment and that is that bad language in movies started with clark gable 1939 gone with the wind yeah frankly my dear i don't give a damn that's the end of the movie that's the last line uh that not it's not the last line of the movie but it's the last line that clark gable says in the in the movie he doesn't actually say scarlet by the way he says frankly my dear Uh, but that was put in there by hollywood okay everything is pushing the envelope anytime you want to push something players do it with coaches i went through that as a coach as well and a teacher people will push the envelope to see how far the envelope can get pushed how far does the line in the sand get pushed back okay so you know there was some uproar about the uh, you know about that the language in the uh, that word being used uh, for the first time in a movie well then you get into post world war 2 and then it starts sneaking back in again and the people in hollywood you know they had censors and all that kind of stuff then same thing with what they showed uh, clothing-wise, especially for women. And also, if you remember back in the early 50s and mid-50s when TV first uh, was a fledgling uh, electronic, that when they showed um, a man and a woman in the same room sleeping, they were in separate beds. You know, they were each sleeping in a single bed. Uh, All of that stuff, once it's pushed, then they see how far they can go and they'll go right to the edge before there's an uproar about it or censorship got it, and they stop. Well, then the next time, maybe a year later, two years later, then they try and push the envelope again, and it ends up being able to push the line in the sand just a little bit farther. And so as, as somebody, regardless of who it is, continues to push the envelope a little farther, as long as there's no pushback by society, Saying, "Hey, you know, either we're not going to patronize your sponsors if you continue to let this happen. If you continue to let this kind of programming on the air, uh, we're not we're going to protest against your sponsors. You know, just something, whatever, some kind of pushback. And if you don't get any pushback, then the line keeps moving. And I think at this point, the line now in our society, to Steve's point." And to the point you made earlier, Jamie, I think the line now is continuing, continuously moving. It hasn't reached any kind of point. It used to stop for a while. And then somebody else would try to push it a little farther. But I don't think there's any stopping point now. I think the line is continuously moving. And just in my opinion, I think it's moving in the wrong direction. So uh, that's just an, a kind of an example of something that happened that long ago, uh, and that was the beginnings of, of something like that because they pushed the envelope in that instance. Uh, it seems kind of trivial now for us to even talk about a word like, just one word like that being such an uproar, uh, but in the late 1930s it actually was. So, uh, But I think the line is, uh, there's no stopping the line now for some reason. It's just constantly moving, but there's got to become a point where there's got to be some sort of a filter on social media to keep a lot of this stuff uh off there steve thanks again for your text 888-993-7762 also want to thank spa nouvelle take your friends there and they'll take care of you also go they have gift certificates which i've gotten before and been part of before and uh spa nouvelle they'll take great care of you there with uh any kind of relaxing needs that you need. So go see those fine folks. Jamie and I will return. If you like to bash Johnny Manziel and Nick Saban, now's your chance because we're sure going to do it here on the other side of the break here on The Edge on ESPN 97.7.
3: tell you about my friends at North Monroe Animal Hospital specializing in all medical and surgical care for small animals and even providing a boarding service my friend dr. David Weber and his staff are always my choice for my animals it should be yours as well Located conveniently at 4300 Sterlington Road, which is 165 North, you can reach out to them at 345-4545. That's 345-4545. Tell them you heard it here on ESPN 97.7, North Monroe Animal Clinic, the official animal care provider of Terry Waldrop and the Edge.
0: Hi, Kevin from Hightech. Tech. The latest cyber attack has already infected hundreds of thousands of computers in over 150 countries, brought down hospitals, railroads, banks, and even Federal Express right here in the U.S. Are you concerned that you may be vulnerable to the latest cyber attack? Then don't wait. Give us a call at 255-1110 and we'll provide guidance on how you can verify that you're secure. We also have checklists on our website at solutionsbyhightech.com or find us on Facebook. Paid announcer.
5: It's never ending. The collection calls, they never stop. Take control when you're struggling to pay your mortgage, credit cards, and medical bills. James Spivey is an experienced attorney to assist you with creditors, avoiding foreclosure, and representing you in bankruptcy, if eligible. Call James Spivey in West Monroe today at 387-3666. Or visit jspiveylaw.com for no money down bankruptcy on all qualified Chapter 13 filings.
0: I'm James Spivey. Bankruptcy's not the end. It's a new beginning.
5: We are a debt relief agency. We help people file for bankruptcy under the Bankruptcy Code. Consultation is free and confidential. No money down bankruptcy on all Chapter 13 plans on qualified debtors. All attorney's fees, court costs and expenses are paid later as part of your confirmed Chapter 13 plan. Did you know that leg pain in your leg could be a symptom of peripheral vascular disease or PAD? Don't ignore your leg pain any longer. Get to the heart of the matter and call a heart, lung, and vascular clinic location today to schedule an appointment. 329-1900. Dr. Blaine M. Borders has clinics in West Monroe, Monroe, and Winsboro with outpatient vascular procedures for your care and convenience. Are you feeling more tired than normal, shortness of breath, or leg pain? Remember the heart, lung, and vascular clinic and Dr. Blaine M. Borders. Call 329-1900.
0: How does it feel? You're officially living on the edge. Hit Terry Waldrop up at 888 993 7762 and let him know. It's The Edge with Terry Waldrop on ESPN
2: 97.7. Welcome back to The Edge, ESPN 97.7. Mark Kramer and Jamie Fox here with you on this dreary Tuesday. Glad you're with us. Had some great texts. On the Washtenaw Valley Credit Union text line, 888 993 7762. And we're brought to you by Dr. David Weber at North Monroe Animal Hospital. Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney at law, Pie Works Pizza by Design. I have another text from Steve. He says, Remember the seven year itch? Marilyn Monroe was pretty, but she, and they did push the, yeah, but she, and then and them talking about the Hollywood push the envelope since Adam in the garden man has been on a downward spiral. But it seems that social media thing has taken us to new depths. Another good point. Thank you again, Steve. And I want to go to <laughs> gave everybody a chance. I told you ahead of time, if you love Banish and Manziel and Nick Saban, now's your opportunity. Article yesterday. Got to got to get this out there. <laughs> Johnny Manziel in his infinite wisdom. Of course we know that Johnny Manziel says so many intelligent things <laughs> <laughs> whether he's on social media or not.
1: Yeah. He doesn't Yeah, he doesn't Yeah, he's been a real good tweet something, yeah. Yeah,
2: he's been a real good user of social media. It's really <laughs> served him well over the last 4 or 5 years. Not. Yes. Okay, he says that if the NFL which To him, I mean, come on, man. That's a huge if. Does he really think, even now, that anybody, they would have to be super, super desperate. You'd have to have your starter get hurt in preseason workouts, your backup get hurt in preseason games, and your third stringer get hurt in the first regular season game to even admonish or even consider the notion of bringing Manziel in to try out for your football team in the NFL,
1: I don't think. It's, I think you got to lose another one too. With maybe that four, said, maybe go four or five deep before you have to hit Johnny.
2: With that said, he says that if the NFL doesn't end up being an option, that he'd like to go into coaching. Okay, now, could, now just think about this. Even if it's high school, think about. Let's let's picture this. You've got a school board and a principal and a superintendent sitting at a a half-moon table in a conference room, and in walks the applicants for football coaching jobs at their high school, and the guy comes in, and he goes, I'm Johnny Manziel. I'm applying for your coaching position." Do you think that all of the people are just going to jump up out of their chairs, raise their arms and wave their hands around and go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. We have got such a high-quality, qualified applicant like Johnny Manziel. Don't even bring anybody else in the room. He's our guy. We want him to influence our young people. Man, what an opportunity this
1: is. Well, and, and then you can imagine the the uh, principal or or AD's comment. We're 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 just absolutely elated to bring in someone of uh, such high character as Johnny Menzel uh, to uh, influence our young men. But uh, after he before he, he he puts his feet in the water about coaching, he says he may give the Canadian Football League a try, which I think uh, maybe that's a
2: probably few, where or, he should have gone to start
1: with. Well, a few winners in Saskatchewan will probably cure that, but. Um, Again, or you know, I can see him maybe quarterbacking Hamilton or something like that. But anyway, uh, will he come back? Yeah, I mean, there's that. Really, in a way, Mark really does tie into the the first couple of segments about social media because I I think a lot of his downfall had it not been so publicly recorded for and you know uh, for for time ad infinitum, you know that's that's going to follow him everywhere. So you're right. I mean, should he go into that? Job interview—it's—it's—it's it's, it's not something that can be erased. Uh, and, and let's just, given the benefit of the doubt, right now he's really trying to rehab his image. Um, how's that working? You know, for Colin Kaepernick, how's that working for Michael Vick? Um, you know, how's that working for Pete Rose? It takes a long time. Uh, people have long memories, and you know, to some extent, it is unfortunate for those folks. But I mean. Nowadays, uh, even Pete Rose and those, those things weren't public or recorded. I mean, Johnny Manziel put it all out there uh, in, in more ways than one. And, and it's, it's really, I think, you know, maybe compounding maybe the behavior itself. And he's, he's not, uh, you know, and I, let's just say, like you said, given the benefit of the doubt right now, he really is trying to rehab his image. But, um,
2: but I mean, to go into coaching, it'd be, really. It'd be
1: a, it, you're right. It would be, be jokers wild if you're going to hire uh, him as your head coach.
2: Well, I mean, just any anything on any the, on any level. I mean, again, same thing. Let's take it up. You know, I just used the example of high school. But let's go up to the college level. You know, a head coach goes into the athletic director. And he's got, you know, three openings on his coaching staff. I don't care if it's uh, Frostburg State and Minnesota. And the guy goes in and has a meeting with his AD and says, "Okay, uh, who's your applicants that you want to interview, coach, for you know, the openings that you have on your staff?" Hey, you know, hey, Mr. Smith, uh, athletic director. Man, I am so excited. My first choice for my first opening on my coaching staff is Johnny Manziel. Can you imagine what the what kind of look he's going to get back from that athletic director? About the PR, the 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 speed with which the PR nightmare would go through that athletic director's head would beat a speeding bullet. I just I can't even on the even on the NFL level. Of course, he doesn't have near the experience to do anything on the NFL level. But I just could picture that high school scenario that I said a minute ago, and then the college scenario of a coach going to the athletic director and saying that he wanted to interview, that was going to be one of his interviews for an opening on his coaching staff.
1: Well, you know, again, you know, I think it's, it's something that he's really going to have to outrun. And I don't know if it's after all this time, if he'll be able to do it. Um, does he deserve the chance? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, if he's really sincere about, um, you know, but he has to. He has to. You know, prove to his employers that, that he's. You know, he's a changed man. He's. He's not. Uh, you know, doing the things that caused him to gain this reputation that he's got. Um, you know, at some point, sure, he deserves a chance there. But I mean, he's been given a lot of chances, and some of them that, that you and I would not get, or anyone else. So, um, and this is his own fault. Yeah. I mean, it, he, it really as is. you
2: said, he did this to himself uh, by putting so much stuff out there and, uh, on social media, he probably is a, is the poster child for what we've been talking about, about being burned, uh, being burned by the, by social media, uh, all of the things that he's been allowed to put out there, the things that were put out there that where he was filmed doing something that he didn't care whether he was filmed or not knowing pretty much that it was going to go out on some social media outlet somewhere, uh, It all came back around to bite him in the behind. And so, uh, you know, especially in the upper levels of athletics now, people are a la, you mentioned Kaepernick. I don't want to get off on him, but he's a good example, uh, especially in the upper echelon for the NFL. And that is people with all of the problems that athletes and our society are falling into now teams and colleges are very very aware of public relations and how their program is being perceived and that has a lot to do with who they have in positions of authority as, as Sean and I talked about on sports company yesterday we had the uh, the um, sports guy uh, that writes for um, one of the one of the um, Uh, athletic sites uh, scouts I think he's the scouts writer scouts.com writer for Ole Miss Uh, he was on talking about the Ole Miss situation and their PR problem Uh, you know Baylor has been trying to rectify their PR problem now for over a year and they're still doing it uh, because of the poor influence that they had at the top of some of their programs and so people are very very aware now uh, athletic directors, school presidents, or owners in you know uh, pro sports of any kind about the public relations of their coaches and players—they're very sensitive to it now, where they weren't as much before. And so I just can't imagine that uh, old Johnny going in to to try to interview for some job. Even would even and I'll put this out here before we go to the break. Would would even Texas A&M hire him? As much of a legend as he is at Texas A and M, would would their athletic director and president now at this point in time, with all of the water under his bridge, would they even consider letting the head coach hire him as an assistant at Texas A and M? That would be very and a very interesting uh, dynamic, I think.
1: Oh, without question, and I think you know as we, as we come up on the break here, I. I don't know. When I was watching Johnny Manziel in, in, in college, and I just even I, who's you know, not a really good evaluator, I just thought he he was one that really would have benefited staying another couple of years in college because I didn't think his skills were going to translate to the NFL very well. And uh, of course, he went out. He had two more years of eligibility when he left. And of course, there's a lot of maturation that could have occurred in those two years at A and M had he decided to stay, but he didn't. And the story has written itself. So yeah, there's not anyway. many things
2: there's not many things I've been right about, but I said that from the very beginning, the very beginning, and I stuck to my guns that just what you said that his skills would not translate to the NFL. Most of those type quarterbacks, their skills don't translate long term in the NFL, and I just knew that it was going to be a disaster, and it did turn out that way. Uh, another person that could could be a disaster even though he's successful would people put up with would people put up with rude and crude behavior if you weren't successful think about that not just in athletics but in life in general and in a company as a supervisor role would people put up with something only because somebody is being successful we'll get into that when we wrap things up here on the edge after this
4: He guessed who on the very first try. When
0: Quinn the Eskimo gets here,
4: he has snowball fights with the joy. mighty Quinn. Born in the USA. Without him, the boss Bruce Springsteen would still be stuck in middle management. <laughs> the police gave him a get out of jail free card. He is the most interesting man on the radio. I don't know as play those great Southern rockers. But when I do, I play them on the peach. Rick Godley, mornings from 6 to 10 on the peach, 99.3. Keep listening, my friends.
0: Ah, my public, how they love me. (laughs) A home is your comfort, your shelter. It's a place where you grow and become. I always wanted that for us. A backyard to play in. A front porch to call ours, a home we could be proud of. Because of Washita Valley Federal Credit Union, we were able to have it.
5: Washita Valley Federal Credit Union, making good things happen.
0: The West Washita Youth Sports Association registration opens on July 22nd and ends
1: on August the 23rd for football, soccer. And cheerleading, you can register online at wysassociation.website, siplay.com. Or check the website for registration dates at the Complex. Cost for football and soccer is $90, and cheerleading is $90 plus uniform. living
0: Living on the Edge makes weekdays more fun, especially when you're doing it with Terry Waldrop. Welcome back to the edge on ESPN 97.7.
2: Welcome back to the edge here on this Tuesday, Jamie Fox, Mark Kramer here with you. As we wrap the show up here on this Tuesday in the last nine years, Alabama has been ranked number one in the AP poll. How many times Jamie Fox?
1: Oh gosh. Uh, in the last nine years, in the last one? nine
2: years, now that yeah, because you know you're talking about the poll coming out each week, so oh,
1: during gosh. football.
2: So how many times in the last nine years has Alabama been ranked number one in the AP poll?
1: I don't, I don't even I don't even want to attempt it, but I would say they've been pretty accurate.
2: Fifty-eight times. <laughs>
1: I was going to say 42, but it's 58, 58
2: times. times Alabama been has ranked, been ranked number one in the AP poll in the last nine years.
1: Now, and that's not including preseason? Is that including preseason? It just and, says
2: AP poll. It doesn't didn't okay, specify that's whether. Just,
1: that's just one poll, the AP poll. But right. I would say AP's got it. Yeah, it's proven to yeah, be Yeah, they just quoted the,
2: <laughs> They just used the AP poll. There's been a couple of articles, uh, one earlier or late last week, and then one that was that's actually in on ESPN Today written uh, by uh, Kyle Bonagura about Nick Saban. The first one, Ryan Anderson, and this was kind of a – I mean, he was kind of, I guess, saying it in a complimentary way, but it's been well documented that one of the reasons that Nick Saban did not make it in the NFL when he had his short tenure with the Dolphins was that he tried to run practices – Uh, with the intensity and the physicality that he did in college. And that just doesn't translate, as we were talking about Manziel's talent, well, that coaching philosophy doesn't translate well uh, to the NFL or to NFL players either. So there weren't a lot of players for the Dolphins then that really took a lot uh, to uh, Nick's uh, practice schedule, so to speak. Well, Ryan Anderson, the – Linebacker. He finished this year, yes. That is now, right. He finished this past year. I think he's with the Redskins. Said that the Redskins' practices were not as demanding, that he was surprised that NFL practices were not as demanding as his practices, that he's found them pretty easy and easy to adjust to because the Redskin practices were not as hard as his practices under Nick Saban at Alabama. So that was one article. About uh, and then the article got into uh, how the players perceive how uh, difficult he is during practices, the fact that he runs so much physicality and intensity in every single practice, uh, and some people would say, "Hey, that's why Alabama's so good," you know, and all that kind of stuff. Then there's the article today uh, about the two quarterbacks that transferred last year after Jalen Hurts started um, in the and started the starting quarterback. Uh, The headline says, Nick Saban Tactics caught duo by surprise, says ex-Alabama quarterbacks. And, of course, those guys are Blake Barnett and Cooper Bateman. Barnett actually was the number one quarterback in in his class, the class of 2015, not just at Alabama, but nationwide. He was the number one quarterback coming out of high school. And these guys, basically what the article said was that these guys had no clue that they were going to be replaced. Uh, They felt like Saban knew all along that he was going to play Jalen Hurts in the USC game and that they were never communicated with uh, to say they thought all along Barnett thought that he was the starter. He said, but after seeing what I saw in the USC game, Barnett says, he said he believes the plan was to play Hurts all along. They got mop-up duty after they were ahead 38-3. to He said, how were things communicated? There was no communication, a complete lack of communication. I knew I didn't want to be involved with that anymore, but unfortunately it was only the first game of the season and I knew there were 12 or 13 more to go. So, of course, he transferred after only four games. Uh, and uh, he said, once Jalen went in, I was expecting it. But then he went out on the next series and the next series and the next series. He said, I didn't know what was going on. Everything was not communicated correctly to us. Now, with all of that said, this is my point. And I know we don't have a lot of time. Maybe we can pick this up tomorrow. And this is true in non-athletics as well. And this was the point I was getting to: is rude behavior, arrogance, any of those kind of negative things that people uh, have as personality traits, are those put up with more by the people above them, supervisors in athletics, uh, maybe you know the either a head coach? With maybe it's an assistant, a head coach, or with head coach and athletic director, or with coach and athletic director, the president of the school. Do people put up with more than they should in that type of behavior, arrogance and being rude, because they're successful? Should yes. it be more easily, or is it more acceptable for that when somebody is having success as, to, as opposed to, let's say, the next two years. I'll throw this out there. Say the next two years. I know it's not going to happen, but this is a theoretical. That Alabama went 6-6 six and six and 5-7 and seven in the next two years. Would the players and fans and athletic administration – would they continue to put up with Nick Saban's rude and arrogant behavior and demeanor? Would they be more willing to continue to put up with it when they're six and six and five and seven? I'll Absolutely. give you the last I mean, word.
1: Well, all Alabama fans will say that. I mean, the minute he starts losing, and it's not necessarily that they really care about his behavior. They all they and by the way, there were three Three of last year's scholarship quarterbacks all transferred, uh, and they're all going to, I think, start at their respective two, uh, schools. David Cornwell will probably start at Nevada. Uh, Cooper Bateman will probably start at Utah, and Blake Barnett will, you know, is looks like he's the odds-on starter at Arizona State. All three of these came with the idea and the promise that they were going to be, you know, the starter, and that's why they go. Uh, but uh, you know, now these guys are saying, well, I'm as confused as anybody. This came to my mind when I heard the young man from West Monroe committing to Alabama the other day, Slade Bolden. Uh-huh. And, of course, we all wish him well because he's a great athlete. And uh, But – and I'm not saying, you know, to throw shade on, on him going there because it's his right to go wherever he wants to go. But I'll just say this. After living there for 21 years or whatever, I can promise you Nick Saban's not going to quit recruiting at whatever position they said he would be playing at. Uh. They're not going to be – they're not – that's his That's his modus operandi. He will recruit over you the next – that's what he's supposed to. But that's why he's successful, too. That's why the program is so successful. And that's why you see every year, you know, all this hubbub about Alabama oversigning. Because he knows he's going to have to – you know, there's going to be eight people, seven – six to eight people every year that he's going to move out of the program or, you know, highly recommend they transfer – and he'll help them, to his credit, he'll he'll accommodate that. He'll help them find another school to go to. It's because he has an because, All-American
2: backing up an All-American.
1: Exactly. So. so if you sign with, yes, you do have the chance of success at Alabama. How soon you see the field
2: is <laughs> another story.
1: That's, ask Cooper Bateman, Blake Barnett, and David Cornwell, who all thought, you know, were all brought in under the promise. Also, you know, what position you're going to play, you know, uh, is uh, – I remember when they brought in Blake's. Oh yeah, you'll be you'll be playing, uh, you know, quarterback or whatever. Andrews out. Yeah, and the next thing you know, um, you know they they're wide they move receiver and defensive have back. <laughs> right, exactly. So that's what you don't. Sometimes kids don't necessarily look at that. I mean, I think the biggest thing you need to look at Alabama is the depth chart. You know what what are your chances are? Yes, you'll be in a, in a successful program, uh, Coach Saban, and, and the people at LSU try to you know. Honestly, and of course, here we go. You know, you're just a you know uh, you know hurt fan of uh, of the hometown team. Well, not necessarily. I mean, I thought Saban would be a little more successful in the pros, but to his credit, he realized his tactics weren't going to work in the NFL. Yeah, and they didn't. And I think and he we, knew his he was better off in college where he can control kids' scholarships. It's right. That's all. Peak.
2: It's all about the control. It is and about the control. success, and we may Absolutely. touch on this again tomorrow because i don't think we've given it its due diligence but i think it's important to to discuss you know the bad behavior or rude behavior or arrogance and how it's put up with more if you're successful you know you're the greatest thing since sliced bread if you're not you're you know you're an idiot and rude and arrogant oh well you know the guy was still rude and arrogant before he's just winning instead of not winning so that's the You're only, only difference. only as
1: good until the next five-star comes in. Exactly.
2: So thanks for joining us here on The Edge, and we'll touch on this and many other interesting subjects tomorrow as Jamie and I will return here on The Edge on ESPN 97.7. I want to thank John Tabor, the greatest producer in radio, for his great job again today. And we hope everybody stays safe out there in the rain and join us again tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock for another edition of the edge. Don't forget. Don't live life safe. Live it on the edge. Have a great day, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening to the edge with Terry Waldrop. No matter what the topic, Terry will take it on. He's not scared, and you better not be either. We want to see you right back here every single weekday from 9 to 10 a.m. on ESPN 977 and
5: ESPN977.com.